0: Hi, good morning, uh, well, like Pastor Gino said, my name is David Jacob Maldonado, I'm one of the pastors here, and let me again just say welcome, welcome, I'm so glad that you decided to join us here this morning. Also, uh, I, I know that there are plenty of people that I love who are watching us online, uh, thank you so much for checking in with us this morning, watching us, uh, worshiping with us, we know that you are here a part of our community. Well, uh, as, as also as Pastor Gino mentioned, I have the privilege of continuing our current sermon series that we've been on the last few weeks, just simply called The Spiritual Disciplines. And if you've uh, hung around the SSV at around January, uh, every, every year we, we try to teach some type of sermon series that is designed to equip us as people uh, of this community to, to do this year well, to, to uh, engage with God well this year to live the lives that we're supposed to be living. Um, we do, we try to do that well. So that's the purpose of this series: is to equip us, to teach us about these spiritual activities, these spiritual disciplines that will help us to connect with God and shape who we are as followers of Jesus. Hopefully, for the year to come and even beyond that, right? Uh, I also think that the term discipline is really appropriate because, you know, a lot of these activities aren't really easy or even intuitive for us. I don't know about you, but I didn't, I didn't you know, come out of my mom's belly, you know, knowing how to pray to God, knowing how to connect to God. I, I didn't have, a, as, as a kid, uh, I didn't have a, a natural and intuitive rhythm of worshiping God, right? Fasting, all these things that they're not, really, you know, naturally intuitive, and so we have to uh, engage with them intentionally as spiritual disciplines. We have to intentionally fold them into the rhythms of our lives in order to get the real benefit from them. So we started the series talking about the spiritual discipline of generosity, and this is one that really... um, its near and dear to my heart. I love the topic of generosity. It's something that I strive for, and I thought Pastor Gino did a fantastic job starting the series in that way. And then Shannon, uh, Pastor Shannon talked to us about the discipline of prayer. And every, you know, I, I'll be really honest with you, I, I struggle with prayer. I'm a, I'm a pastor, right? I've been in church my whole life. I still struggle with, with prayer, and so I am uh, always grateful for reminders and helpful tools on how to engage the discipline of regular, consistent prayer. I thought Yvette did an outstanding job talking about the the spiritual discipline of confession. How many of you have have confessed some of your sins in the last couple weeks? No hand? Okay, I see one brave person. (laughs) But it's not easy, right? It's not easy. Um, But engaging in the spiritual discipline of confession will change your life for sure. And then last week, Pastor Gino talked about the spiritual discipline of worship, of worship. But this morning, I have the privilege of continuing our series. And this morning, I want to talk about the spiritual discipline of fellowship, the spiritual discipline of fellowship. I'll be honest with you. I've been around church my whole life, as I often tell you guys. I've been around church my whole life. And I can't, I was having a real hard time trying to remember how many sermons I've heard uh, or teachings of any kind where people talk about fellowship as a spiritual discipline, right? I mean, am I the only one? I mean, how, how, how many of you have, have thought about or learned about fellowship as a spiritual discipline? It seems a little weird to think about, you know, fellowship as, on the same level as prayer, right? Fasting, these, these things that seem like really pious, Right? But there is a, a, a really important spiritual discipline of fellowship. I want to dig into that this morning. Um, it was really interesting to think about this, but I, I honestly, I think it makes perfect sense. I love how um, a theologian, and spiritual formation expert, Dallas Willard, put it in his book, The Spirit of Disciplines. He says this. A discipline for the spiritual life, or a spiritual discipline, is nothing but an activity undertaken to bring us into more effective cooperation with Christ and his kingdom. Let me say that again. A discipline for the spiritual life is it's nothing but an activity undertaken to bring us into more effective cooperation with Christ and his kingdom, Right? And so we talk about all these different various activities that are meant to help us to connect with God and shape who we are as followers of Jesus, right? And though I hadn't yet considered it, I think fellowship falls perfectly into that category. He goes on to talk about fellowship specifically, and he says this. He says, in fellowship, fellowship, excuse me. We engage in common activities of worship, study, prayer, celebration, and service with other disciples. This may involve assembling ourselves together in a large group or meeting with only a few. Personalities united can contain more of God and sustain the force of his greater presence much better than scattered individuals. The fire of God kindles higher as the brands are heaped together and each is warmed by each other's flame. The member of the body must be in contact if they are to sustain and be sustained by each other. Christian redemption is not devised to be a solitary thing, though each individual, of course, has a unique and direct relationship with God, and God alone is his or her Lord and Judge. But the life, the life is one that requires some regular and profound conjunction with others who share it. It is greatly diminished when that is lacking. I'll be honest with you, I would, I would love to write and communicate like Dallas Willard. He certainly says a whole lot here in this passage, but one thing that really stuck out to me is how he emphasized how this Christian life, the life, as he mentions, is not meant to be a solo endeavor. It's just not meant to be done Alone. Now, I love the imagery that he uses when he says, The fire of God kindles higher as the brands are heaped together and each is warmed by each other's flame. The members of the body must be in contact if they are to sustain and be sustained by each other. Can you get that picture in your mind? I wanted to do a physical demonstration with fire sticks, but uh, Pastor Gino told me there's no pyrotechnics here at the church. But I want you to just imagine that. Have you ever sat around a campfire? And you see, you know, scattered logs. Maybe, maybe they're on, you know, they have a flame to them or something like that. But it isn't until they're stacked together that, that, that you get a roaring fire that, that can only exist when the wood is put together. Does that make sense? You see, we, we, we can do this on our own. But our flames, our lives burn brighter When we do this together, what if we committed ourselves to a disciplined life of connecting with one another in Christian fellowship? How much more brightly might our hearts burn for God? How much more could we accomplish when we are together? How much more could we do for the sake of God? And his kingdom. Now I'll be honest with you. I thought I had a pretty good track record. When it came to Christian fellowship. But as I dug into this. I realized. I, I have some work to do in this. And maybe you were like me. When I, when I started to go through this material. And you're wondering. Okay, okay. How does hanging out. With other Christians. How is that. A spiritual discipline like prayer. And fasting. It just doesn't make sense. Well. To to help us wrap our minds around this and engage this well, I want to ask and answer three questions this morning. Three questions. What is fellowship, Christian fellowship? Why is Christian fellowship so important? And how can we go deeper in Christian fellowship? Ask and answer three questions. What is Christian fellowship? We've got to square that away. Why is it so important? And how can we go deeper in Christian fellowship? I want to look at um, a a few different passages. I want to start in Acts chapter 2. We always need to go to the Word of God to get our answers, right? And so I'd love it if you would join me in Acts chapter 2. We're going to start reading in verse 42. Um, Again, we're going to touch on a couple other passages, but we're going to start here. You're welcome to follow along with me in your Bible. Uh, I see some of you carry around those ancient things called books, right? Others of you, like me, prefer to um, look it up on your phone or your tablet or something like that, that you're welcome to just engage however you like. The words will also be displayed on the screen. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. All right, let me, let me pray. Let me pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. I thank you, God, that we have the opportunity to come here in a room like this to worship you, to look at, look at and read your word, to study it together, to learn from it together. God, I just recognize that so many people around the world don't have what we have. They desperately want Christian fellowship, but it's out of their reach. And so, God, I acknowledge that, and I just, with a gracious, gracious heart, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be together. And God, I just ask that you have bless our time this morning. I ask that as we dig into your word, that, that that your word would speak louder than any words that I could come up with. God, I ask that you would um, just reach every single one of us exactly in the place that we need to be reached. Lord, would you bless our time this morning? We love you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen. You guys with me? Acts chapter 2, starting verse 42. All right, so let's, let's start by asking the question, what is Christian fellowship? What is Christian fellowship? So as I, um, you know what? I didn't read the passage. Let's read the passage. How about we start there? <laughs> you know, th- today's just, it, today's my day. Today's my day. All right. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 42. It says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, each day met in in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Is that a beautiful picture? Yes, it is. I'd love to be a part of that church. Wait, I am. Okay. So what is Christian Fellowship? So as as I look at that beautiful picture of community in Acts chapter 2, and, you know, I unashamedly uh, steal some language from Dallas Willard, I, 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 I put together what I think is a basic definition of Christian fellowship, and that is the discipline of engagement with other believers in common activities that bring us into better cooperation with Jesus Christ and his kingdom. I know some of you are taking notes, and so let, me, let me see that again. The discipline of engagement with other believers in common activities that bring us into better cooperation with Jesus Christ and his kingdom. What that means is Christian fellowship is not just church attendance. Listen, I would be so, so sad if all you heard from me today is that you just need to show up to church more often. Christian fellowship is so, so much more than just simply showing up to church. Now, it's important that we show up. We're going to talk about that. but It's so much more than that. It's more than just doing Christian things with people. It's more than worshiping with other believers in the same room. It's, and it's certainly more than just simply hanging out with other believers. How many of you know that you can attend church every week, sing the songs every week, and maybe even serve in some capacity and not truly be engaged in Christian fellowship? I know that to be true because I have done it at different times in my life. I've done it. It's possible to go through the motions and not really be engaged in this spiritual discipline. The the discipline of fellowship is so much more than going through the motions. The discipline of of prayer is so much more than just simply repeating scripted text, right? The discipline of worship is more than just simply parroting worship songs that people are singing, right? It's so much more than just simply going through the motions. The discipline of fellowship requires more of us. And I want to flesh this out because it's so, so important that we get this right. It's so important that we get this right. You see, Christian, Christian fellowship has some defining characteristics and some minimum criteria. The discipline of fellowship requires us to focus on God. Focus on God. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, I don't even need to say this, but it's obviously okay to hang out with other believers, Right? And not necessarily talk about God. If you go to the movies with some of your friends, you don't have to, like, talk about the gospel on your way to the movie, right? Like, it's, it's okay. It's okay to hang out with people and not have this God-centered dialogue or focus, right? Uh, in fact, I think it's actually important to hang out with other believers. Create some space where you're not necessarily, um, don't feel compelled to actually have those conversations, but it, it, it does require, uh, Christian fellowship requires us to focus on God. It also requires that we are among other believers. You might have some of the most intriguing conversations about God with your atheist friends. Or, from, or people from other religious backgrounds, right? But that's not Christian fellowship. Your times of fellowship are meant to be shared With other believers, see why is that criterion necessary? Why doesn't you know the time together? Why does Christian fellowship have to be about God, and why does it have to be with other believers? The answer is just like every other spiritual discipline: the discipline of fellowship has a purpose. It has a purpose, and that is to draw us closer to God and to help us live out the mission of God for our lives. If you're in a time of fellowship doesn't work toward that purpose, then it's not really Christian fellowship. And and honestly, that's okay. I'm not again, I'm not saying that we must always be engaged in Christian fellowship where we're always talking about God and we're always Does that make sense what I'm saying? But the discipline of Christian fellowship requires that we talk about God among or or have a focus on God among other believers. You see, it's really hard, if not impossible, to work toward the, purpose, the purposes of God when you're not focusing on God when you get together with other people. It's also extremely hard to work toward the purposes of God when the, when the people you are getting together with aren't at all beholden or committed to the same purpose that you are. Does that make sense? All right. Imagine that we are all part of a book club, Okay. We're all part of a book club, and the purpose of the book club, the stated purpose of the book club is that we're all going to read the same book and draw out the, the, the literary beauty of that particular book, right? See, the whole point of the book club is to talk about the book. See, even though we're technically in the same book club, if we, if we get together and we'd never really talk about the book, we aren't really working toward the purpose of the club, right? The whole point is to talk about the book. Or maybe you commit to this book club, but you never really attend the meetings. And instead, you get together with people from other book clubs. It wouldn't make any sense to think that you can achieve the purpose of our book club when you're talking to someone else who's, who has no idea what your book is about and who's reading a completely different book. Is this making sense? The point of Christian fellowship is to be focused on God with other people who are focused on God. I hope we can understand this because it's so easy to think that we're engaged in this spiritual discipline when we aren't really engaged. And so here's what I'm saying. There's a spiritual discipline called fellowship. And it's characterized by an intentional effort to uh, to making time and engaging in activity with other believers where we intentionally put God at the center of our time together. And when we do that, we'll find ourselves drawing closer to God and having a better understanding of how we are meant to live our lives. Amen? All right, that was what is Christian fellowship. Now it's important that we ask and answer the question, why is Christian fellowship so important? Why is Christian fellowship so important? So I I was uh, studying for this message, and I learned that there are 59 distinct uh, admonishments in the New Testament That are meant to teach us how we are supposed to treat each other or not treat each other within the context of Christian community. One pastor called them the 59 one another's. Well respected preacher and teacher Andy Stanley was, was once quoted by saying the primary activity of the church was one anothering one another. You see the point, of the, the, the point is the Bible gives us dozens of activities that were supposed to be found in the context of Christian community and fellowship, and all of them in some way or another are intended to benefit the individual and the community in some way or another, I think you know we, I think each one another would help us better understand why Christian fellowship is so important. but because if I tried to touch on all fifty nine one another's, I'm pretty sure I'd never be able to preach again. Um, today, this morning, I want to focus on seven really good reasons why Christian fellowship is so important. Seven one another's, okay? Now, I'm going to be going through these a little faster than, than I normally would. Uh, so if you're, if you're taking notes, make sure to keep up with me, okay? You can also grab me, grab me at the end if I speed past a little too quickly, All right, seven reasons, uh, seven really good reasons why Christian fellowship is so important. The first reason is because it allows us to be ourselves with one another. Christian fellowship is so important because it allows us to be ourselves with one another. You know, the truth is that we experience the world in a different way than people around us, people who aren't committed to Jesus, And the people who are most like us are the ones who will understand where we're coming from and what we're going through, right? Men can never really understand what women go through in their lives. We just can't. We just can't. Women understand women in a way that men can. Moms understand moms in a way that I'll never understand, right? If you're not a mom, it's just not gonna... You're not going to be able to relate to other moms in the same way. People with disabilities, immigrants, you know, whatever cross section of life that you find yourself in, people who are like you understand what you are going through in a way that other people just simply can't understand. Does that make sense? So, in the same way, Christians go through life on this planet in a way that non-Christians, they just simply don't understand. You know, a bunch of years ago, I was uh, going through training to be able to get um, access to a a nuclear facility. Part of my job um, intersects the nuclear industry, and so I was on site and I was going through the training, and part of the training was, was taking a psychological exam. As you can imagine, they don't want disturbed people just running around a nuclear facility. And I'm grateful for that. Um, but I had, to, I had to take this really, really long psychological exam. And one of the questions was, do you believe that you can hear spirits? <laughs> OK, th- look, here- here's something no- nobody knows. If you fail that test and you get kicked out of a nuke plant, you're not allowed back for at least five years. OK. But you know what? I answered yes, because, well, so the, the, fo- the following day, I get a call, <laughs> hey, you need to come see the psychologist, <laughs> and I show up to, that, to the psychologist, and he sits me down, he's like, well, there's a few red flags on your thing, and he's like, you know, it says here that you, you believe that you could talk to spirits, why, why don't you tell me about that, and I said, well, sir, I, you know, as a fundamental part of my faith, as a believer in Jesus, I feel like I am connected to the Spirit of God, and I try to give like a real Christiany, churchy, pastory answer. And he goes, "Oh, okay, it's religious." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay," and I ended up, I ended up getting access or whatever, but I stuck to my guns, right? Look. Look, imagine if I was a patient of that psychologist. He would not treat me or talk to me in a way where he can really understand what I'm going through. He would think that my ability to hear spirits was something maybe worth medicating or something like that, right? And I'm, you know, maybe being a little facetious, but not really, right? The world around us is getting bolder and bolder talking about how ridiculous Christian beliefs are. Right? There are other believers in this world who are the only ones who, are who will be able to understand what you're going through in a way that the world just simply can. That's not knocking them. Look, that's just, that's just how it is. That's just how it is. And so within the context of Christian fellowship, we can be ourselves. I don't have to be ashamed when I say I believe that there are spiritual forces at work here in this world. I believe that, you know, there is a God in heaven who is all good and all powerful and will one day come again in the person of Jesus Christ. I believe that. So many people in this world would just call me crazy, Right? We can be ourselves within the context of Christian fellowship. We draw, we're able to draw closer to God. We're able to better understand what he has called us to do in our lives when we can be ourselves, our authentic selves. It's a big one. It's the first reason. First reason why this is so important. The second reason Christian fellowship give, uh, is so important is that it gives us space to learn from one another. Within the context of Christian fellowship, we learn from one another. Verse 42 in Acts chapter 2 starts by saying, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They were learning what they didn't yet know about God through the apostles' teachings. Now, fortunately, we have the benefit of some 2,000 years of church history. We have the canon of the biblical scripture, right? We don't necessarily have to sit at the feet of, of some apostle to, to understand what God wants for our lives. We have the benefit of scripture. But I think there's something, uh, and, 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 and honestly, we, we can read the Bible on our own, Right? We could try to discover, you know, the goodness of God and everything um, and draw closer to him by simply reading the Bible. But I think there's something special about learning from one another in the context of Christian community. I so I am so, so grateful that this community has such wonderful and brilliant teachers. And I'm not just talking about here on stage. I'm talking about kids ministry, youth ministry, Right? Listen, I am humbled to be up here, as I as I follow behind Pastor Gino, Pastor Shen, and Yvette, Nikki, uh, Nikki Jordan. Like these are brilliant people, and I'm just like, thanks for letting me join the team, guys. These are brilliant teachers, right? But I've also listen to me. I've also learned so so much from people who aren't holding the mic, so to speak. I've learned so much from people who aren't holding the mic. I've learned so much from the rich conversations that we get to have in our small groups. I've learned from, how you, all, uh, from you all to be a more, go- a, God- a more godly friend, a more godly husband, a more godly neighbor, a more godly leader. I learned from you all how to pray and to minister in a more effective way, how to be more compassionate, how to handle crises in a more godly way. Because of the people in this church. I've learned from you. And the list goes on and on and on of all the things that I've learned from you. I've heard your Christ-centered stories. And I have observed your Christ-centered lives. And you teach me how to draw closer to God and join with him in his mission. In Christian fellowship, we learn from one another third reason Christian fellowship is so important is that it gives us the opportunity to be inspired by one another, inspired by one another. In verse 43, it says, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, miraculous signs, and wonders. NIV reads a little bit differently, a different version of the Bible says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You know, I loved how Pastor Gino last week talked about how worship, uh, how, how we can worship in an aspirational way. That is that we have, we are not yet where we want to be or not yet where we should be. And so I think that it's, that it's okay to be in awe of each other, to be inspired by one another. Because as I look at your lives and the ways that you guys do amazing things, it's okay for me to want to be as awesome as you guys are, right? That's okay. That's part of what this is in Christian fellowship. It's okay to be in awe of one another, not for the sake of creating celebrities or idols, dare I say. That's not what this is about. But it's okay to be inspired by others because we can give a picture, give each other a picture of what God can do in our own lives. Get a picture of how God can transform us and use us in amazing ways for his honor and his glory. Listen, I'm in in awe of how easy it is for the worship team to enter into the presence of God. And it inspires me It inspires me to give myself to worship in a a deeper way because of what I see, what I see before me. I'm in awe of them. I'm inspired by them. I am in awe of the faithful dedication of so many volunteers here in this church. And you all inspire me to work hard for the kingdom of God. You push me to a place where I am not yet. You inspire me. And again, this list can go on and on in all the ways that I'm inspired by you and the ways that you help draw me closer to God and serve Him better. But within the context of Christian fellowship, we inspire one another. We inspire one another. All right, fourth fourth reason this is important is that within the context of Christian fellowship, we take care of one another. Take care of one another. You know, throughout the Acts uh, two passage, there's a few references of how people were sharing everything that they had. They were sharing meals together. They were selling things. They were they were responding to the physical needs of people, people in their community, sharing with one another. They weren't just they weren't just giving things away for the sake of anybody and anybody who needed who needed something. And that's not. Listen, our charity should extend beyond these walls, for sure, 100%, right? But there is something special about taking care of the needs of the people within Christian fellowship. It's important. You know, what we know from Christian history or church history is that part of the reason why this was happening in this passage is because people were getting kicked out of their homes They're losing their jobs, they're being shunned from their families because of their commitment to Jesus. And so people who are giving their lives to Jesus suddenly had no home. And where would they go? They went to Christian community and people responded generously and took care of them. They went to the people who knew what they were going through and the people took care of them. But, you know, it wasn't just their physical needs that they were, t- they were caring for. In, another, in uh, the Apostle Paul's letter to the church of Galatia, in, in, in what we read as the book of Galatians, he writes this in chapter 6, starting in verse 1. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, if any believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation. Listen to this. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Share each other's burdens. You see, within the context of community, we can respond to people's physical needs, and that is really, really, really important. God cares whether or not you have eaten, but he cares more about the condition of your soul. And it's so important that we respond as a community to take care of one, one another's mental, emotional, and spiritual needs. And we're not going to be able to get that care anywhere outside of Christian community. They just simply don't understand. You know, before, before I came up here, my stomach was turning. I'm, you know, I usually get a little bit nervous every time I preach, but Today, I even went to a passage, you know, I'm like, look, be prepared for emergency protocols, okay? <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. But I went to my dear sister, Miss Virginia, back there and said, can you please pray for me? And she prayed for me. And man, I'm going to go to her every time. Because <laughs> whatever discomfort I was feeling, it went away. You see, I can't, I can't ask for prayer outside of Christian community. The things that were happening, who knows? Personally, I feel like the enemy was trying to stop something this morning. And my sister prayed. And through through her prayer, through what Christian community can provide, I was able to just shake that off, right? Can't get that anywhere else. We respond to each other's needs, small needs, big needs. Marriage counseling, man, that is huge and heavy. People struggling with addiction, with serious, serious physical illness, depression. We, we, we can, we, it is a good thing to seek whatever help you need, okay? But this community will respond in a way that only this community can. And it's important that we love each other and respond to each other's needs in this way. Amen? All right. You guys tracking with me? Okay, cool. All right. Fifth. Fifth reason. I think I'm doing good on time. Fifth reason why this is so important is Christian, um, Christian fellowships gives us space to figure out how to work well with one another. Christian fellowship gives us space to figure out how to work well with one another. You know, one of the things living living a solitary Christian life doesn't teach you is that it's okay to not have every aspect of Christianity figured out. It's okay to not have to do everything that the Bible tells us to do. Because the Bible is so, I mean, the Bible is so clear that each of us are unique, right? We're made, we're wired differently. We're each given a di- different gifts. Some passages call them the gifts of the Spirit. We're members of one body, this, this, this image of, uh, of, of, of a human, imagine human body, right? Like each of us have a, uh, we're a different part of the body. But each of us has a different part to play within the body, Right? That's why it's so important that we can't think that we can do this all on our own. We can't do this all on our own. We need each other because we're wired differently. We're made differently. We're gifted differently. Right? We need each other. And we need to work with each other in order to accomplish the things of God. Think about um, a football team. Okay, i I apologize if you don't like football, or you don't have no concept, well think about like a a team at work, or think about any other sports team, just think about a team, okay, work with me here, please. (laughs) On a football team, you have 11 people, all of them playing different positions. And if you have no idea what's going on, you watch them as soon as they hit, you know, as soon as they snap the ball, you think it's just chaos, right? People running all over the place. People hitting each other. People slamming into each other. They're all trying to do all these different things in order to move that ball down the field. The thing is, like, it, it, none of those people can play multiple positions at the same time, right? Everyone has to play their position to the best of their ability for the sake of the team, right? You're on a you're on a team at work. You got that one person trying to, trying to do multiple people's jobs. It just doesn't work, right? It doesn't uh, work well when you have one or a few people trying to do more than they should. It hurts the team. It hurts the team. It works against what they're trying to accomplish when people don't work well together, they're just trying to do things on their own. They're just trying to push ahead in whatever way they want, disregarding the purpose and the unity of the team. You see, in Christian fellowship, it gives us the opportunity to hone our unique skills and gifts so that when it comes time to leave these walls and engage the world, we're ready to do our part. Our part. Not someone else's part. Our part. I have been given certain gifts and a certain mission to engage in, right? God has called me to do what I am supposed to do. And it doesn't work well when I don't, when I don't do that, whether I'm trying to do someone else's job or just simply not doing my job very well. And so when we get together, this is a perfect place to try to figure out how can we put all the pieces together? How can we identify who should be doing what to accomplish the mission and will of God. Does this make sense? This is the safe space to try to figure this out. This is the practice field, so to speak. Before the game, this is all of us trying to figure out how to best work as a team so that when it comes game time, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. As soon as we leave these walls, as soon as we were outside of this little bubble, we're ready to engage the mission of God and break through the, 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 the barriers of darkness so that we can, we can advance the kingdom of God in the way that you and I are called to individually. Amen? That's what Christian fellowship helps us to do. It gives us opportunity. It gives us space, a practice field, so to speak, to try to figure out how to work well with one another. It doesn't work well when we try to do things on our own. We need to work together. All right, sixth thing, in the spirit of doing things well and as well as we can, Christian fellowship gives us permission to challenge one another. Christian fellowship gives us permission to challenge one another. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 23, it says, let us hold tightly Without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. Encourage one another, especially now that the day of, the Lord's, uh, that the day of his return is drawing near. Remember, we're all working toward the same goal, right? Right? We're all working toward the same goal, to love God the very best that we can and to love people the very best that we can, right? There's no one else, no one else outside of Christian community who's going to challenge you and who's going to motivate you to love God and love other people the way that other brothers and sisters in Christ are going to do. There's just nobody else who's going who's to challenge you and push you toward your mission in life, to love God and to love people. Listen, all of us need to be challenged. I realize that some of us are more of a go-getter than others, right? But all of us need to be challenged. All of us need reminders. All of us need people who are willing to get in our face in a loving and healthy way to tell us to keep running the race, keep fighting the good fight. We're just not going to get there on our own. We're not going to get that same challenge, that same motivation From the people outside of Christian fellowship. It's just not gonna happen. So, Christian fellowship gives us permission to challenge one another. And I'll tell you what, I have grown so much as a person, so much as a person and as a follower of Jesus because of the direct, loving, but direct challenges from my brothers and sisters. And I'll tell you what, those people who are willing to get in my face about things, those are my closest friends. Those are the people that I, that I could trust, that they want what's best for me and for my family. They want me to do the best that I could do. They're challenging me. They're motivating me. And we get that in the healthiest way within the context of Christian fellowship. Amen. All right, last but absolutely not least, okay? The seventh reason why Christian fellowship is so important is this is where we love one another. This is where we love one another. You know, we often talk about how a purpose for every follower of Jesus is summed up in seven words love God, love people. Come on, you can say it with me, live it out. Love God, love people, live it out. I think that so eloquently sums up what Jesus calls the greatest commandment. But when we only use generic language like that, I think sometimes we lose sight of all the admonishments of Jesus and the early church fathers that we are supposed to be loving each other, loving other believers in a special and unique way. Jesus says in the book of John, chapter 13, it says, uh, starting in verse 34, it says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Love each other. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We are absolutely supposed to love every human being, whether we agree with them, whether we disagree with them, no matter where we are on whatever scale of whatever, right? No matter how close we are, no matter how far apart we are, we are called to love, extend the love of God to everyone. But Jesus is so clear that we're supposed to love each other in a special way. That's not, look, I I realize that there's a sensitivity to sort of like this inward focus of Christianity. That everything is supposed to be outward focused. We're supposed to, everything is just supposed to, you know, we're supposed to pour everything out into the community and all that stuff. But Jesus says it's your love for one another that's going to attract people to God. It's how we take care of each other that's going to attract people to the love of God. It's how we love each other that's going to bring people in who are desperate, who are on their last leg, who have no hope in anything else, but they see a community of people who are loving each other in such a fantastic way. They say, I want that. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know what that's all about, but I want that. Jesus says, "People gonna, people gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna look at you and they're gonna see me. They're gonna know that you're my disciples because of how you love each other." And listen, that's a that's that's a challenge. I mean, let us ask ourselves: How well are we loving each other? Now, honestly, I feel like this church does a great job, but we could still do better, right? None of us have arrived. As a community, we haven't arrived. And here's my challenge, if you allow me permission: How can we love each other in a way, within the context of Christian fellowship, that draws people to the love of God? How can we do that? You know, we often talk about this place being a love university. We learn to love one another so that we can better love the people beyond these walls right there's purpose to this there's purpose to this and all of this is meant to reflect the sacrificial love of Jesus that that, that compelled him to carry a cross to allow people to put him on that cross and die for our sins so that you and I can be reunited forever with our father in heaven That's the love. That's the love that we have. That's the love that exists here in the the context of Christian fellowship that doesn't exist anywhere else. That's the love that we're supposed to be reflecting to people. That's the love that we're supposed to invite people and say, hey, did you know that Jesus died for you? He loves you so, so much. He loves you. And to the best of our ability, we're going to try to love you the way that Jesus loves you. Come on. Come with us. Let's pursue God together. We're supposed to reflect the love of Jesus within this community so that people on the outside can experience it for themselves. Amen? Amen. All right, so how do we go deeper in Christian community? And I'll, I'll wrap up with this. Worship team, you can come on up. How do we go deeper in Christian community well, to be honest, for some of us, we just got to start showing up. That's step number one. It's, diff- it's impossible to be engaged in Christian community if you are not present in Christian community. And I don't mean to say that in a snarky way or anything like that. Look, some of us, we just got to start showing up. That's just the reality of it. Other, others of us just, you know, maybe we show up, but not as often as we should. And so we just have to be more disciplined in in our approach to this we have to say you know what this is a non-negotiable I'm going to put this on the calendar I'm going to I'm going to set these goals I'm going to set this criteria for for the rhythm of my life to be engaged in Christian community and you know come hell or high water right we need to be more disciplined about engaging in Christian community you know some of the great places to do that Fantastic places to engage are here on a Sunday morning. There's something special about this experience that just simply can't be replicated anywhere else, right? There is there's something special about corporate worship, corporate prayer. What as we as we pray for one another after service, as we as we do all the things that we do here on a Sunday morning. This is a fantastic place to engage in in in, in Christ-centered. God-honoring Christian fellowship. I think another amazing place to do that is small groups. Now, I know that this church has a pretty high percentage of people engaged in small groups. But if you're not a part of a small group or you're not, you're just sort of going through the motions. Maybe you go every once in a while. Maybe you have it on Zoom, but it's on mute and you're cooking the whole time. Like, like, like maybe, maybe you, you engage differently. Maybe you, you give yourself... To the conversation differently, maybe you engage differently, but join a small group. I'm telling you, it will change your life. Stick to it. Don't just go once. Okay, go and keep going. Be disciplined about this. And Finally, I would challenge you to maybe create con- create space within your own context to uh, find this, you know, Christian fellowship. It might mean that, you know, you invite people over to your house. It might mean that you might, you know, find people at your job. You might find people at school. You just try to find some other believers to connect with, to engage in this discipline of Christian fellowship. Listen, we can do this. We can do this. You know, you extroverts like this put wind in your sails. You're like, all right, let's go. You introverts are like, you know, getting cold sweats, Uh (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't, no, I, no. Look, we can do this together. We can do this together. There's a place within Christian community, Christian fellowship for all of us. We can do this together. Imagine, imagine how brightly our lives can burn together for the glory of God and the advancement of his kingdom. Amen? Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I thank you so much, so much for your goodness and your faithfulness. None of this means anything if you're not a part of this. This is just a social club. This is just a place where we all like to, you know, get together with with other people who, we, you know, we like. If, if you're not a part of it, and God, I am so, so grateful that your spirit is here. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would, you, you would, uh, break down barriers, reasons why people keep saying no to Christian fellowship, the pain that they might have experienced in the past, the fear of rejection, anything that would that would hold somebody back. God, I just ask that you would break that break that down. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us engage in this discipline for Your glory in Your honor. Help us to be the people that you have called us to be and engage the mission that you've called us to to live out. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you bless the rest of our time together this morning? In Jesus' name.